Welcome to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. So happy Sunday, everyone, and a welcome, of course, to our many podcast listeners. This month, we're talking about decluttering our mind, and we had a good kickoff last week. Marilyn Sprague talked about the whole idea of how we might go about uncluttering our mind. Today, I want to focus in on a particular tool that we might use to do that, but I think I want to start out with the joke here, if you don't mind. So the General Services Administration of the U.S. government has experts who visit different agencies and suggest ways to streamline their day-to-day routines. One such expert visited the FCC and suggested that they get rid of all of the clutter. She noticed piles of paper, boxes of folders, thousands of unmarked printouts, mountains of filled-in forms. She watched as people spent hours just trying to figure out where to find the information hidden in a vast and unorganized filing system. She suggested, as a start, that they simply throw away all the correspondence over 10 years old. It's just clutter. It's not needed anymore. Well, the FCC director loved the idea and said they would begin immediately. The following week, however, the expert from General Services noticed more paper than ever before. In fact, it seemed like there was a new mountain of it. We're getting there. We're getting there, the FCC director replied. It's a great idea. But first, we have to get everything into triplicate. (laughs) So before we talk about the cure, let's talk about the disease. (laughs) If you're like me, so often my present and even my future is a trajectory over the thoughts and beliefs and the ideas from the past. It's like I set a course for myself at some point in the past and I've organized my thinking and my beliefs that that support those values and those things that were important at some indeterminate time in my past. And I'm sure they were good. I mean, I know what's good for Larry, generally. I mean, not not always, but but generally. I, I know that my intentions were good and that, that I was focused on a future that uh, suited me at that time. But you see, the trouble is, once we have made that, often we don't think to make course corrections. And frankly, our minds just get filled with the ideas and the beliefs and the choices and the behaviors that keep us moving in the same direction. And you you might think of it as inertia. You might think of it as the, well, in fact, there's even a phrase called same old, same old. Are you all familiar with that? I had The first time I heard it, I had to have a young person explain it to me exactly what was meant by that. But but the idea that tomorrow is going to be pretty much like today which was kind of built on the yesterday. Well, as many of you know around here, we're into newness. We're into living a life that is more on purpose. And in fact, at the end of this year, at our Golden Bowl ceremony, the last Sunday of this month, I'm going to be asking each one of us uh, to make an intention for newness for the new year. And I think if we want to be successful at that, 
then we need to remove or at least make allowances to, to move around some of that cluttered thinking that has us on our current trajectory. Otherwise, I think they're going to go the way of all New Year's resolutions, honestly. I think even our best intentions for newness and change and, and, and a better life, more love, more joy, or whatever it is we desire, my fear is it will get lost in the minutiae of our current trajectory. Marilyn and I, really this whole month, our plan was to provide you tools for either eliminating some of that clutter, that mental clutter, or at least navigating through it. But I have a question for you. I suppose it's a rhetorical one, actually, now that I think about it. But how likely are we to be able to just say, okay, I'm not going to think about that anymore? right? I mean, in, our, in, in my joke, right, literally we could box up those papers and have them shredded and they'd be gone. But does it work that easily in our own heads? See, when we've committed to some kind of past set of actions and beliefs, ways of being and ways of thinking, it's not like I can just say, well, being hard on myself no longer really serves me. So there, that's gone. <laughs> right? We can no longer say, oh, well, maybe being a little short with some of the people I love isn't such a good idea. There, that's gone. It's like, I wish, I wish it were as easy as boxing up literally some of my head and just shipping it off to storage. I mean, maybe I'll need it later, but probably not. So today I want to talk an idea about another way of thinking about this because I don't think we can just send bits of our thinking away as though they don't exist anymore. And I'll tell you why. Uh, partially it's because they served us really well at one point in our life. At one point in our life, the way we are now was the perfect way to be. It made us who we are today. The trouble is we want to go beyond that. We want to achieve more. We want to be more. We want to love more. We want to bring more joy, experience more peace. We have a whole set of places we'd like to go. And the key here, which I think is interesting, is that that which we don't pay attention to will eventually fade away. So my thought is, not that I have to think up what I want to get rid of, right? It's not the example of putting the papers that no longer service in a box and send it out for shredding, because that's actually putting, at least for a while, more attention on the paper. So it isn't, uh, it, it isn't going to help me to think more about what I want to get rid of. Instead, could we navigate our minds into paying attention to the things that really are important and allow the old stuff just to fade into the background. Allowing it kind of to die off by neglect, if you will. It'll start vanishing when we don't give it any more energy. That's my thought, and uh, I want to read a little bit from our book that we're using this month. He says, one of the simplest ways to eliminate mental clutter and live a more fulfilling life is to define your values, to define your guiding principles for your life. Now more than ever, we need these principles to help us clarify how we want to spend our time, our energy, and our money. Now why is this important? They go on to say, because your core values can serve as a measuring stick for your choices and decisions in life. They can keep you focused on the person you want to be 
and the life that you wish to lead. And you'll probably notice I snuck into your program a hundred words that identify my values. And yeah, I'm gonna, I, I apologize, but I'm getting right into your homework up front. So the idea here is to look over this list. And in fact, if you have the book, this is the abbreviated version. In the book, there's a list of 400 uh, values. So I, I condensed it a little bit for you. The idea is to go through the list when you have a few minutes, pick out five or six or so of the things that are really important to you, the five or six personal and professional values that, that really you want to stand behind, you want to see grow, you want to put time and effort into. And then for the next couple of weeks, then we'll talk a little bit more then about how you might use this list but your first little bit of homework uh, headed home for the rest of the weekend or going into this week are just to highlight a few of the things that are really important to you. And I'll let you in on a secret. We're going to do this also as a congregation in January. So I'm asking you to do it now for you personally. And in January, we're going to be doing it for our spiritual center, which you can imagine the, uh, the five things might be a bit different when we do it collectively. But for now, I'm just asking asking you to look over the list and, and circle or highlight uh, five words that best identify your personal and professional values. Why might we want to do that? The idea is we can use those values a bit as a compass, a, a bit as a point of clarification. And in its simplest usage, you can just think, if I make this choice, if I take this action, if I take this step in life, will it lead me closer to one of my values? Or will it lead me further away from one of my values? So in its simplest form, you can be thinking of it as a tool to help with decision making. If I really value these things in my life, shouldn't I be making progress towards them? So if I make this decision, if I make this career choice, if I make uh, amends with a certain person that I've offended and so on, will it get me closer to those values? Or am I maybe taking a step backwards or sideways instead? But I also want to get a little more specific on how you might use your key values. The first step is to understand what they are. And I did it a little more than just circling them. The other thing I did is I used it as an opportunity to do just a little bit of journaling by which I defined what that value meant to me. So for instance, one of my top uh, values was number 46 on the list, family. And I included it, and you're welcome to change the wording a little bit. So I did family friends. For me, my, my family are also my close friends. And so I, I, I wrote that down, and then I wrote what that meant to me. Why do I value it? And I wrote about spending time to explore greater intimacy with the people I love, a, a personal sharing of myself and making sure that I'm actively listening to what's important to them as well. And so I wrote a couple paragraphs uh, around what honoring and supporting that value meant to me. So it all fits on one little page. It's those things I value, and then it's a little bit of an explanation of what it means to me to honor that particular value. So after the homework, you'll have a set of values that best describe you and what you want to experience more in your life. 
doesn't require you to come up with some amazing plan. And here's why I think this year might be a little different when we set intentions on the last Sunday of the year. Oftentimes, I think people were searching for a life's purpose, right? When we made an intention at the last Sunday of the year, a lot of times people were searching for something really big and glorious, like I'm going to I'm going to save the world through X, Mother Teresa-sized goals. And, and this exercise might lead you to that and, and like, go for it. I'll, in fact, I'll help you. Let me know, and we'll work on it together. If something full-blown and magical and creative and save-the-planet-sized comes to you, absolutely go with that. But I know I always felt a little bit like, well, what if I don't really know what my life's purpose is? What if I don't have kind of a lofty goal? The nice thing about knowing what your values are is you are headed towards that goal even if you don't know what it is. Because, of course, your key values are part of your purpose to be on the planet. And so even if you haven't come up with some uh, grand marketing scheme of, you know, how it should play out in terms of big letters and, uh, and a tidy sentence and a, and a mission and a purpose, as long as you're aware of what is important to you, what your key values are, you'll be headed in the right direction. So also after you have this list, I want to encourage you to do two more pieces of homework. One I would call a time analysis. Now each one of us has, I don't know how much, about maybe 10 to 12 hours a day uh, that we're not involved either in sleeping or eating or getting cleaned up and preparing our clothes and you know. There's a certain amount of time, just as humans, that we have dedicated to the necessities. But I guess most of us probably have 10 or 12 hours, too, where we get to decide, really, what we want to do or, or, or what we feel compelled to do. And what I'd like you to do, even if you can, hour by hour, is write down a grid of the 10 hours a day uh, that you're not really committed to doing something in the maintenance of the physical form, and what did you do during those 10 hours? And some of you may want to pick two typical days, right? Uh, for those of us who have a, a, a career or work for a living, you might want to pick one in the middle of the week that describes what your work day is like and one on the weekend that describes more like a free day. And then I would like you to see, hour by hour, if you're doing things that support your values or not. Ideally, all of your values would have some time allotted to them. Now, some of you might be saying, well, I'm in this dumb job. I mean, I wouldn't say that because I love my job. Don't get me wrong. But, but some of you may be in a job that, that really its purpose is to generate income for you and your family to live. I totally get that. And if you think about it, if one of your core values is home and family, or if one of your core values is, uh, is living in a beautiful home or something like that, well, that is in support of that, right? You, you don't necessarily think that what I do has to support a value as long as the overall outcome of it supports one of your values. What do you think happens if some of our key values are unsupported completely? This would be audience participation time, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I would say that that's not a value because what you're doing is demonstrating. What you're doing in life is demonstrating what's really 
And what you seem to be addressing is, is shifting that. Good point. So first of all, I would question, if you're not spending any time on it at all, is it still a value for you? Very astute. Another thing that I would point out is if you are not allowing any time for something that is important to you, you are going to experience stress. When there is something that we're passionate about, when there is something that is important to us, when there is something that really motivates us and then it gets no attention whatsoever, it is like almost like a wound. It's almost like an itch that will get stronger and stronger and stronger. And you will actually experience stress because you're not authentically living out some of your life's purpose. And so this isn't just that maybe I want to make some changes and enhance my life in some way. If you are doing some of your values, if you're actively engaged in them, whatever they are, and in particular, if you recognize you're actively engaged in them, you will discover a calmness and clarity of purpose that will amazingly affect your mind, body, and spirit in terms of that sense of being in the zone and doing the right thing, being the right person, being authentically you. So this exercise is not only about looking into the future and how might I enhance my life, it's also big about resolving and eliminating some of the stress in your life. Because it could be that you're spending a whole lot of your time doing something that you don't value at all. Now, just having said that, I'm looking out in the audience and some of you are already going, oh, holy, <laughs> he's describing me. <laughs> well, of course, the good news is I'm describing all of us, right? Because all of us have certain elements of our life that probably don't feel like they're on target. And that's okay. That's actually to be expected. Often, we have to do the dishes. How does doing the dishes fit into my life's purpose or, or some of my key values, right? That's why this is more about the broader brushstroke of how do you spend your time on the planet. So when you look at your hour-by-hour hour categorization of the day, you just, of course we're going to spend a certain amount of the day doing things that we don't attach specific values to. We do have to wash the dishes. We have to, to do our clothes. We have to tidy up the yard. Some of those things we may value. Some of those things we may not value. But how are you spending the bulk of your time? And in particular, are you spending a whole lot of your time doing something that isn't one of your key values at all? And the other way of looking at it is, is there one of your key values that you're not spending any time on? Because both of those will create stress in your life. Okay, so that's the, the time analysis that I would like you to do. Again, for those of us uh, working in careers, I suggest taking an analysis of one day that, that would be during the working week and then one uh, more around your idle time once you've figured out what your values are and make sure that you're spending some amount of your time in support of all of your key values. All right, that's the time analysis. Guess what comes next? 
It's the money analysis, yeah. Look at where your money goes. For those of you who actually have a checkbook, you can run through the checkbook. For those of you who do your banking and and purchases mostly on cards or automatic payments, look over your statements. Just take it, you know, maybe even just one month of your statements and look at where you're literally spending your money. Now, again, you will have some things that are just a given. You know, you may not particularly have circled on here uh, hearth and home as a key value. Nonetheless, you still have to pay your apartment rent, right? I get that. It's no big deal. Uh, But where are you in particular dispending your disposable income then? Is it in support of your life goals? Is it in support of what your key values are? If some of your key values are not getting any financial input at all, it's a cause of stress. It's a cause of you not being authentic with who you are and what you'd like to lend to support to. Likewise, if you find yourself spending a whole lot of money on something of which you have very little value in, that might be cause to really pause and say, do I really want to be doing this activity anymore? Do I want a third of my income to support you know, what, whatever it is? And only, only you'll know how the answer goes. And, and also, about time and money, I want to say, please don't beat yourself up about this. It all made sense at one time in your life. I'm just asking you to evaluate Does it make sense now and looking forward? Is this how I want to be spending my time and my resources moving forward? Now remember the ultimate goal here is helping you with decision making. If I spend this money, if I make this investment in time, if I make this kind of decision, do I get closer to who I really want to be in the world? Do I get closer to the, the happiness and joy of expressing myself more authentically? Or by making those decisions, am I taking a step backward? It may have served me in the past, but is it serving me now? Will it be serving me in that desired newness in the future? The other thing I want to talk about, and oh, I'm going to get some pushback here. I just know I am. Are you all aware of your placeholder activities? Now, in the book, I think they call them time-wasting activities, but that seemed kind of cruel, so I'm going to go with the idea of placeholder activities. Now, I have to admit, on my list of five, I do have recreation as one. I like recreation, but does sitting in front of the TV for five hours really support my idea of recreation. I had to really think about that one. Well, let me assure you, actually, I very seldom watch that much TV. Uh, But we were contemplating binge-watching one of those Netflix series, and I thought, oh my gosh, that'd be like two days of my time. And although it would be kind of fun, and, and I'd be doing it with someone I love, does it really support either recreation or friends and family. And I had to conclude that just sitting next to someone on the sofa for 16 hours watching TV (laughs) didn't really do either of those (laughs) things, right? So do you have placeholder activities in your life right now? 
take a look at that. That might be a way of really freeing up some time that you could invest in one of your core values in a more meaningful way. I still remember when I was a child, we would go to visit my, uh, my great aunt Emma, and she was someone that had the TV on all the time. 24 hours a day. And she called them her stories. She would say, oh, my stories are on. The first time we went to visit her when her stories were on, I remember my mom walked in and, and said hi, and Aunt Emma was still just looking at the TV. And so my mom just walked across the room and turned the TV off and, <laughs> and turned around <laughs> to face great Aunt Emma and said, hi, how you doing? And I think it startled her. It's like, oh my gosh, they are real people here. <laughs> And that's the other thing I want to suggest. In particular, if you've circled friends and family on the list, are you spending time with them or are spending you with them? Because there's a little bit of a difference. Are you really paying attention to what's up for them? Are you asking open-ended and interesting questions of them? Are you all in? Are you participating in and being vulnerable with them? Are you telling them what's going on in your life and actually listening to the reverse, actually listening and paying attention to what's important with them? They may have different values that, than you do, and that's okay. In fact, that's what makes things interesting. Do you even know what your friends and families value? They may be different. In fact, for those of you who, uh, who live with someone, you may be looking at that list and thinking of sharing it with the people you live with. A great idea. I would point out that people who have commingled their money sometimes get into trouble over this, right? Because their values may be different. If one person values recreation, a lot of money might get spent on hiking equipment and kayaks. And the other person who values a hearth and home may be spending money on decorating the home. And it's like, oh my gosh, can we really get together on this? Of course you can when that's your purpose. If your purpose is, right, to share your values, to really be present with each other as part of that idea of family and relationships. Of course, you can talk it through. In fact, you might even want to take the little survey uh, together so that you learn more about each other and what is valued. It's a great way of increasing intimacy to really listen to what's important to someone else. And, and really understand how you uh, both share some values and don't share other ones. It might, it might actually go a long way to explaining some of the areas in your life uh, where things aren't as copacetic as you'd like. Well, I'm starting to run out of time. There's one other thing that I want to cover. It's back to that idea of the decision-making barometer. If you did nothing else from this, I would say... Maybe once a week, as you're planning your week ahead, bring out your sheet of values and say, okay, I'm planning the week ahead. I, I do it usually on Monday morning. In fact, it's part of my spiritual practice. I'll say, what kind of a week do I want? What do I want to accomplish this week? How is Spirit going to help me unfolding this week in a way that's pleasant and useful and so on? I'm thinking... What a perfect time to say, and is it moving me closer 
to some of my values? Will I accomplish things that are in alignment with or provide progress towards one of my key values? It could make the difference between really having a week that you feel more authentically you and a week full of stress. Well, let me close by doing a final reading from uh, Scott and Davenport. They say, stay motivated with action. When moving from something safe and secure in our past to the unknown, it's natural to feel a bit of fear. Thinking, planning, fretting, pontificating only go so far, and they contribute to your mental clutter. Instead, focused action will move you forward. If you don't know what to do, just take one small step in the direction of your dream or one of your values. Much of our mental distress and negative thinking comes from feeling uncertain and out of control about our lives. Once you start taking action towards finding your passion or towards your goals, you'll have more and more mental clarity and peace of mind. Let us pray. There is one power, one presence, one life, one goodness. I call this thing God. Of course, it, it goes by many names out in the world, but, but I think of that all-present consciousness of God. I know that I'm a part of that consciousness. I know that my consciousness, my life, my thoughts are part of the one life, the one consciousness, the, the one intelligence of the universe. And because of this, I know that I can express that divinity so easily through my goals and values. For this week and beyond, I, I treasure this idea of, of knowing what's important to me, of paying attention to my key values and, and using them as a barometer for moving forward in life, allowing those old ways of thinking, those old thoughts, those old beliefs that no longer serve me, just to fade into the background, just allowing them to drift away as I begin noticing and planning and taking action and making decisions towards my goals, my values, and my purpose. As it is true for me, I know without question that it's true for everyone here, that each of us has the opportunity of, of looking a little closer at what's important to ourselves and having that be our compass, allowing us to move forward in authenticity, allowing us to eliminate stress, allowing us to simply become more of the divinity that we already are. And so for this, I give great thanks. I let it be, and together we say, and so it is. Thank you so much for being here today. So glad you were here. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 and 11 a.m. every Sunday. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and to make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at www.pcsl.us slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended community 
Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living. 